introduce ourselves. All right, three, two, one. Don't do it yet. <laughs> Are we going to introduce ourselves? We're going to have the little intro. Yep. And then you're going to say, I'm Mackenzie Weber. Yep. <laughs> two, <laughs> two girls, one small town. Yep. Podcast. Hold on. <clears throat> Perfect. So we'll just start it off. We'll be sure. kind of talk back Great. and forth and we'll introduce you. Great. Sounds good. Three, two, one. Hey, Gina. Good morning, Kenzie. <laughs> I've missed you. Oh my gosh. We're finally back two weeks and here we are. We I think we have like three interviews this week. How crazy is that? Yeah. But Alaska was great. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous that you went to Alaska. It was so cool. But I'm not jealous because I'm going on vacation next week, so... Look out, D.C., here she comes. out. I'll be 23 <laughs> next week, so I'm so excited. But you know I'll miss you. Oh, I know it. But you know what? I'm not missing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, so today we have a special guest from the SBDC office over in Grand Junction, Jeff Engel. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me up here. I uh, really appreciate it. It's not every day that you get to go to work on a two-hour drive on a scenic <laughs> scenic byway to get to the office. So I, I couldn't it. be happier to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so glad you're here. And do you want to give us your official title, Jeff? Sure, yeah. I'm the director down in the Grand Junction Center, um, the SBDC. That's an acronym for Small Business Development Center. Um, we're funded through federal dollars from the Small Business Administration and then matched with local and state dollars uh, to cover and to cover the state of Colorado and provide business services, classes, uh, free consulting and coaching for, for businesses or people who think they may want to be in business. Um, we work with businesses of all sizes. Uh, my specific territory is I cover all of Mesa County. I cover a small part of Garfield and then I'm tasked with Rio Blanco as well, which is why I'm up here visiting the both of you. So again, Perfect. thanks for having me. I love here. it. I love that we're building this relationship with SBDC and hopefully the chamber can bring Bring you back over here, Jeff. <laughs> Absolutely. You won't have to twist my arm. I can tell you that much. So uh, you're in town today for a specific reason. You want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. The chamber was so gracious in hosting me and in uh, holding a lunch for us. We're going to do kind of a state of the business, state of small business in Colorado. So we're going to talk about some of the topics and challenges that are facing our small business community. Um, at the SBDC, we have kind of an interesting perspective on that because we get businesses coming to us with both their problems as a frontline uh, partner and trying to help solve those. And then we also see a lot of businesses coming to us with opportunities that they see in the market um, in which they're trying to take advantage of something, whether it be temporary or, or permanent, um, in which they're, they're going to try to capitalize on something they see. So we kind of get to, to be a frontline to what's actually happening on, on Main Street and in, in these communities that we, that we serve and work in. Um, so I'm excited to share some of that today. Yeah, and not everybody will be able to attend this day, so maybe we can hit on a couple of the topics that we're going to be talking about sure. today, because um, this will probably come out tomorrow, and then people will listen to it. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about some of the legislative stuff that we were talking about earlier, some of the stuff that I didn't even know about, and I was like, oh, crap. So everybody's <laughs> learning today, yes, but everybody. before we All get right, into make that. make sure not to shoot the messenger, right, though. we got to be careful about that's that. That's okay, Jeff. You're just there, so... 
<laughs> before we get into that, yeah, the serious stuff, <laughs> we'll we'll go back and forth. Let's have a little fun. Yeah. So Jeff came to town. He showed up at the chamber, <laughs> and we graciously I met think him. He was a little nervous at first. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, "Let's do a town tour." Mm-hmm. So we spent about what an hour, hour and fifteen minutes taking Jeff around our community, and then we were like, him. "Let's do a podcast." <laughs> so for the record, he didn't know he was going to be on the podcast, but here we are. Well, I always joke that my mom says I have a face for radio. So, uh, <laughs> I love so what do you think about our town? I, I couldn't be more impressed, um, especially the the opportunity we had to go to go see your father up at the uh, up at the recreation center Big and uh, get Big get Tim. the full tour there. You know, there's communities with half a million million people in them that would that would that would drool over having facilities like the ones you showed me. So I think you've got something to really be proud of here in your town. Um, and uh, it, it's not a place that I had, had known anything about, and I can't think of a better way to be introduced to it than the, than the tour that y'all took me on. So again, thanks for that. Well, we, we had a lot of fun yeah. taking you on the tour, and I'm excited for you to meet the business owners today. We have a lot of great business owners in town. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think, um, you know, that that's, that's is by far the best part of my job is actually getting to work with, with individuals and entrepreneurs who are really out there doing it. So I think one thing that is helpful is, is if we kind of give some context around small business. So I think this is a term that gets uh, abused a lot and it gets abused a lot by our politicians and, and people who speak about small business. So if we think of small business and, and at, the, at the federal level in the context of the Small Business Administration, they define small business as having, I think it's up to like 400 employees, um, you know, with, with revenue and, and payrolls that would, that would match that. Um, Which is crazy because here we have businesses that have two employees. Exactly. Been running like that for 20 years. Exactly. And so when, so I always try to kind of cut through some of the verbiage of, of small business, because again, I think this is a term that's misused. So when we're talking about small business at the Small Business Development Center, I'm working with people who are these main street type of businesses. They're the, they're the community partners. They're the people who you know on a first name basis. You know, your child goes to work for them at the bakery when, when they're going through high school and college. They, you know, get their first mechanics job and change oil while they're, you know, maybe going through high school. They stay on. Those kind of businesses that have more of this two to five to ten uh, employees. A big business for us to work with may have up to a hundred employees. Um, and a lot of times that's because it's it's maybe some sort of like care organization where that that's the scaling model. But the vast majority of the p- people that come through my office have, you know, between one to two to five to ten employees. And so I almost feel like we need a different classification for, for talking about those kind of businesses. So I try to use the expression Main Street, which I think resonates with your community as well, right. considering the designation that you all have. So um, so I always like to give a little context to that. That's who we're working with. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers are considered by federal definition a small business. Uh, that's not who I work with. <laughs> so uh, I always like to share that context. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeff, what was your favorite part about Rangeley today? I think I already know your answer. You know, you know what this answer is going to be. Yeah, you want to guess? The tank. The tank. So I've got buddies back home that, that are big into sound and music and sound engineering, um, and I can't wait to go share the pictures with them because they've been talking about that uh, facility and how unique it is and been wanting to come out to it forever and the fact that you took me out today. Um, I've got some bragging power now when I talk to the buddies this evening, for sure. I love it. That's so awesome.
awesome. You also love the golf course. So, I did. You know, <laughs> it's a close second, right? <laughs> yes, but for the record, because I am, you know, publicly funded, I do want I do want everyone to know that I'm not here to play golf. So I didn't even bring the sticks with me. He did not play golf. He didn't even get to go in the tank. We just drove him by and talked about it. And so. you also locked the doors when we went to the course. So, so uh, I appreciate that as well. That the tank is a small business. So 100%. you know what? We could, you know, you could make it worthwhile. It was a site visit for sure. Actually, I think the executive director of the tank is going to attend your meeting today virtually. That's great. So. Yeah, that's great. It's a really unique facility. And in the, in the thing. There well, you go. 100%. You can get brownie points there. 100%. <laughs> well, Jeff, you're a good human. You are a good human. That's our, that's our catchphrase here on the podcast is we only have good humans on the podcast. So if you're not a good human, you're not welcome on the podcast. I see that. <laughs> but we have a lot of good humans yes, in Rangeley. We do. And we appreciate you coming to Rangeley mm-hmm. and coming to us. So you are definitely ranked as a good human. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, Kenzie, you had yes. some tough questions. Yeah. Go, so fun's over. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll get back to it, Jeff. Um, I just, I guess we, I wanted to touch on some of the um, legislative stuff that you were talking about earlier with um, having to post the salaries and stuff online. I wasn't even aware about that. And that's so. in job ads, right? Yeah, job ad, advertising, job postings. Yeah. So one of the areas that is always a little bit tricky for us to deal with is at the Small Business Development Center is is issues around HR and, and issues around legal. So we're not um, allowed to give uh, legal advice and we're certainly not allowed to give um, like definitive statements around HR and personnel and things like that. So the, typically the way that we work with clients is we try to understand what their what their legal challenges might be. And then we have some state resources that we can actually direct them to, um, some free legal helplines and things like that, where they can get that, you know, legal support that they need. You also need. have HR classes. Correct. So. And then HR is the other one in the, which we have some classes and things like that, where we bring in uh, professionals from the industry who stay on top of the changing legislation to give information to our to our clients and to um, our participants about different laws that are happening in HR. And so two of them that, that I think are worth noting because they're affecting you know all businesses, they're not necessarily um, targeted to a specific industry or size of business. Um, there's two that have happened in Colorado. So one uh, involves the, the posting of a, of a job listing. So um, there's certain language now that you need to include in, in your job descriptions. Um, I also think it, it, with any job job description, it's important to be as accurate as you can because this hiring market is extremely tight. Um, anyone who's trying to hire employees right now knows that, that the competition is is fierce and that the power has actually kind of shifted to the employee versus where it had traditionally been the employer that got to dictate the terms. Now the employees are, are having more and more Especially leverage in that. remote working and everybody right. wants to go towards that. Right, 100%. So uh, we, we encourage people to be as descriptive as they can, as accurate as they can in their job descriptions. Um, and then post that. Where the change came, and this is this is something that a lot of businesses I see not complying with, and it's it's typically because they're unaware of it. It's not because they're doing it out of some nefarious reason. But you actually need to include a salary range now in in job descriptions within the state of Colorado. So um, that range needs to be, have some accuracy to it. It can be a broad range, but it really should be inclusive of kind of you know if you're hiring for let's say a position and and you know you you anticipate someone who's been in that position, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe even to be at the upper end of that salary range, then that should be included. And then, you know, maybe
maybe where they started at um, should be should be included in in the range as well. And so a lot of a lot of employers have have pushed back on this. And again, don't shoot the messenger. I mean, yes, I'm 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 with a state agency, but uh, but I'm not the guy who gets to pull the lever in Denver at the Capitol to actually vote. So don't shoot the messenger. But um, a lot of employers at first were pushing back against this, you know, not wanting to disclose this information. And so when you start talking to them, you start asking them questions like, well, why is it you, you don't want to disclose that? And, and it's not always because they're trying to underpay their employees. They just feel like it's breaking some sort of bond or some sort of kind of hidden secret or, you know, best practice that had always been the case. And, and really what the law is intended to do is it's intended to, to level the playing field for, for hiring. So we see a lot of, we have historically seen a lot of discriminatory hiring practices, which disproportionately tend to affect women and, and our minority populations. So by disclosing what those salary ranges are, now your existing employees can, can look and say, Oh, Hey, this job description, you know, I'm being paid right in the middle of this salary range. And it can be something to, to actually celebrate that, that the employee then has the confidence that their employer is is, is treating everyone um, the same. I think that the companies that were that were pushing back the most against this, it it would be worth looking into them because they may be some of the most egregious violators of 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 having unfair pay scales across across their staff. So um, I don't see this as a bad thing. I actually think it makes you as the employer more competitive by being able to disclose that. Um, that's always the question you ask, right? You go and you hi- you you interview for a job, and it's like okay, great. This employer sounds great. Everything sounds great. And then you get to the million dollar question. Right. When I was you know, <laughs> fresh and new out of college, it was like I was trying to apply for jobs, but I wanted to know what they were going to pay. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I would always like look at the job. What are they going to pay me? And there's also some. The, I don't want to go somewhere where I'm, you know, being underpaid. Sure. And that and you also need to have some life planning. You know, I mean, if, if, if you can, you know, you, you got to know kind of where you fall on that on that pay scale before you even mm-hmm. start to to look for it. And again, this doesn't need to be the, the salary range doesn't need to be, um, you know, super tight and, and there is some flexibility in it, but there needs to be something that addresses compensation in the, in the, um, job description itself. Absolutely. So the logic, the legislation is called, um, equal pay for equal work. And I think I'm going to send out a constant contact to all our businesses about that. So. Yeah. And the state, to the best of my knowledge, the state hasn't actually started to enforce this yet, but, mm-hmm. um, that's the way that a lot of these, a lot of this legislature goes into act is they, they don't want it to be, uh, something that becomes punitive. So they, the, the legislation doesn't get passed and then, oh, that's an opportunity to go attack small businesses. Sometimes or, I feel like it's like that though. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like waiting for the day where they're just like going to crack down on all the businesses and being like, you don't have your salary posted. Sure. And jail for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming for you. (laughs) We're sending you to Russia. (laughs) So, so let's, let's make sure that we know that no one who's running a small business in Colorado is getting sent to Russia for violations of anything. You know, Edward Snowden just became a citizen of Russia. Putin just granted him citizenship. I saw that. That's crazy. It scares me. Oh my gosh. It scares me too. Um, So 
I think you wanted to go over something briefly. Too. Right. So the the second piece of legislation that that's coming and has been passed is um, has to do with leave um, and providing long term or providing medical leave um, for unexpected events and in someone's life. So this is, is would be- that include COVID? Sorry, uh, I so ask you questions about that. <laughs> so COVID had its own uh, kind of process that went along with it. I don't know if COVID's going to continue to be extended. I actually don't know where that legislation sits at I the moment. I wouldn't, I would be surprised if it wouldn't, honestly, because it's like you get COVID and you have to be out for five days, mandatory. And so it's like, do you include that in? Cause I don't want to use all my sick time for COVID, you know, cause it's unexpected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, what if I get COVID three times in one year? And then that's 15 days I'd be missing of work. That's all your sick days plus your vacation. Right. So that's why I would be surprised if it wasn't. You don't have and, to answer that. <laughs> no, and, and I, I know that opinions I, here. No, no, I, I know that I know that the uh, like having some sort of adverse health condition is mm-hmm. is absolutely covered under it. I don't know if it if it's going to get specific down to the granular level of like mm-hmm. COVID. So COVID was kind of something that that we that was broad brushed across the economy, right? Because it affected everybody. Um, I would I would think under this new legislation that something like COVID is a serious health condition if one were to have that, so that that would be would be included with it. But um, whether they define it with you know specific diseases or afflictions, um, they they certainly haven't given guidance on that. So, but this but what this is is it's it's providing um, a, a basically a, an option for for individuals and employees that um, suffer some sort of some sort of adverse health event. Um, and the way that it's going to be funded is similar to the way that we fund uh, unemployment at the moment. So as, as most business owners know, once you have an employee, you start taking uh, some of their paycheck from them, uh, which goes into a, a essentially an insurance fund, which allows someone to, if they become unemployed, you can get benefits for you know X period of time at X dollar amount based on kind of what you paid into the, um, into the, into the insurance. <clears throat> uh, this family leave act is going to work in a very similar way. So the way that it works is that starting, uh, more money taken for taxes. Exactly. Oh so exa- exactly. Don't shoot the messenger oh here my again. Goodness. I'm like, <laughs> but there's a, there's a couple good things here about this and we'll, 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 I'll talk a little bit about them and just kind of how to, how to frame the conversation in, in maybe a different way. So first of all, the tax that's coming is, uh, it's, it's going to be split between the employee and the employer. Uh, the amount in a total is 0.9%. So it's close to 1%. I believe there's a ratchet mechanism that over the next maybe three or so years, it actually ratchets, ratchets itself up to a little more than 1%. But here's how the mechanism works. Starting January 1st of 2023, uh, employees are going to be contributing 0.45% of their salary to this fund. The other 0.45% is going to be paid by the employer. So that those two combined get to that, you know, 0.9%. That money's going to be collected through, through all of 2023 and then into perpetuity. And then in January 1 of 2024, employees can actually start accessing this benefit. So it's not like on day one of January 1st, 2023, an 
employee doesn't actually have this benefit yet. They need to accrue it um, through that Can year of pain. <laughs> there, there actually is some some opt out language, and I'm not familiar with it, but there is there is some opportunities to do that. I think em, I think employers can opt to have a, a private option that they pay into, um, but I'm not familiar with the with the exemptions on that. Um, I think there is some exemptions for like town employees and and people like that. But the the, the important takeaway is is one to to consult with somebody who's who's an HR professional who actually understands this law fully, and then to also be prepared for what that's going to mean to your employee. So that's the conversation that I'm having with businesses is that, you know, come January 1 of 2023, there's going to be this additional withholding. So if you have employees that are very sensitive about their pay, while this is kind of a nominal tax, it's still, it's going to lower what their compensation is. So you're going to have to have that conversation. Correct. This is a Colorado piece of legislation. Um, There are some opportunities though inside this law that I'm talking to businesses about. First of all, um, businesses who have fewer than 10 employees will be exempt from paying their 0.45% of of the tax. So again, when we're talking about Main Street and small business, a lot of these employers are going to be exempt from having to pay this. Chamber only has one employee. But (laughs) what won't be exempt is the employee portion. So... Jeff, you're ruining my your day. Employer, your employer will be excited, but you won't. So here's how here's how we're kind of framing this. There there is some opportunity within the law in which the employer can cover the employee's portion of this tax. So I think what I'm hopeful for is that I'm having conversations with businesses where I say, hey, you've not currently been able to offer your employees this type of benefit for a relatively nominal amount of money, they can access, you can now use this as an incentive in your hiring. So again, thinking back to, to what we were talking about earlier, where the, the employment structure at the moment is heavily sided towards the employees having the power, a lot of employees are going and looking for, for jobs in which they can go through the job description and they scan down to benefits. And so, you know, company A is pay, paying $1,000 a month, company B is paying $1,000 a month, but company B offers benefits and A doesn't. That's an easy scenario to figure out where the employee is going to choose to to go work. Um, This is an opportunity, I think, for employers to look like the good guy here. So take advantage of what the, so the legislation is going to make you do it. How you frame it to your employees, it gives you as the small business owner the opportunity to say, hey, look, we're providing this benefit. Okay, yeah, it's a state mechanism and it's been something that's been legislated, but the way you present it is you can present it in a way that, that makes the employer look as though they're employee friendly, which is a hard thing to do in this climate. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's opportunity within this. Definitely um, something that the businesses need to hear today. So. I, I think so. Well, and yeah. you know what scares me about legislation like this is it starts out, oh, you're just going to pay this amount. And we're going to cap it at this amount for the first three to five years. But then after that, you know, to me, that's an assessment period. Mm-hmm. How much was this used? How much money? And how much are we going to need to continue it? Is there a cap that says it'll never go beyond this or will it continue to rise? I, I believe it's, I believe the, the 
legislation's written in such a way that it goes up to like 1.2% or, or something like that. Um, I know that there's, I know that there's good framing out there for it. And, and there's certainly, um, certainly resources to read on it. I'm not an HR expert and I am certainly not a payroll expert. So the, the, the details of this legislation are, are, are a bit lost on me. I have to, I have to be honest with that, but, um, the message I'm trying to get across is that there's these these changes that are going to start happening. And, and what's that legislation? Family, and I believe the acronym is F A M L I. I believe it's an acronym for something. Um, and, and and there's there's really good resources on the internet to see you know if your company is going to fall inside of this, if your employees are going to be subject to it. Um, you can reach out to SBDC and get more. And you can reach out to SBDC <laughs> absolutely because in this case we would turn you on to one of our consultants who's an HR expert who's going to be you know consult private practice businesses on this same type of legislation. So yes, we're, I'm, my, my goal is to create awareness and then I will channel you to someone who's an expert because I am not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, we really appreciate, yeah. I mean, you're just a wealth of knowledge. You so are. this meeting today is going to be great for the business community in Rangeley and uh, we hope to be able to have more things like this for them. I know the chamber's been working with you and talking yeah. about that. So. I, I'm really excited for this relationship with SBDC to grow because I think it's just something that we can offer to our, our business members that you know we haven't had in the past. Um, it was a long time ago. We used to have a great relationship with SBDC, and they would come and put on classes. And I would love to build that relationship again and be able to offer that to our our community. And yeah, and then you know the really the I think the the heart of what we do as a statewide network. Um, which covers all four, all the territory of the four corners of our great state, is the um, is the consulting piece. So, mm-hmm. you know that that's what I get excited about is actually the one-on-one work that we can do with business owners. Um, everything that we talk about is is always free to access our consulting services. And the other piece that I like to stress is the confidentiality. So, I know that sometimes in smaller communities and um, in towns and some of our rural areas, sometimes businesses you know don't want to air their dirty laundry, so to speak because they're worried about running into somebody at the grocery store or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We can be a resource for that because we're, you know, bound by certain codes of ethics to keep Mm -hmm. that information confidential. So, you know, we're happy to work with anybody. We work with, with people on all phases of business from startup to growth to exit. Um, there's, there's rarely, is there a business too large for us to work with? Um, and certainly there's not a business too small. So I love it. I really do. I love it. So, so oh. I have a I have a question for you, Jeff. Okay. It's a hard question. Okay. Maybe the hardest question you get Uh-oh. today. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> I one hundred percent do. Oh, so I, th- this is funny that I'm kind of geeking out on that. That's, that's a great question. So I think in Western Colorado, we live in this unique place where there are certain things in the night sky. And I spend a lot of time looking at it because we have a beautiful night sky out here. I think there are certain things that we can't explain. And I like to just chalk all that up to the unknown that we don't know about. If you're looking for a good book on this, okay. there's a really interesting book written. Uh, I believe the gentleman's Ben Mesrich who, mm-hmm. who wrote the book, but the book is called 37th Parallel. Okay. 
And it, a lot of it has to do with Southern Colorado and the string of interesting events that goes all the way from Roswell to the middle of our state to further, further throughout the world. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, if you get a chance, 37th Parallel, it's a fantastic read. And I think you'll I think you'll think that we're not alone so after such a book. So do you think <laughs> that they came from somewhere in outer space or do you think they're already here? Oh, they were already here. Mm, that's a deep question. I don't know. I think if they came from too far away, they might be a little disappointed in what they found. Like we, you know, we could maybe do a little better job as a species, but uh, if they were already here, then, you know, maybe. Like they're living in the center of the earth. That could be. (laughs) The book didn't talk about that. What about lizard people, Jeff? Do you believe in lizard people? (laughs) I'm not sure. We really could get deep into this. I'm into it. I've I've met some people who were pretty slimy, so I suppose that may be. I like it, especially with politics nowadays. (laughs) Well, Jeff, thank you for being here. I know you're gonna, you and Mackenzie and I are gonna have to hop off and go over to town hall to set up for the meeting. We need a part two. And and this was, this again, this was fantastic. I think that, you know, one of the things that, that gets overlooked a lot in our state is, is great as, as great as Colorado is as a whole. I think sometimes our rural communities get, get forgotten and left behind. And, um, you know, it, it, it's more than just a slogan to say that without a strong rural community, we don't have a strong state. Um, it really is the backbone of, of what we do and, and the backbone of, of what makes our state great. So, you know, coming out here, you know, getting, getting the, getting the grand tour and getting to spend some time with y'all and meet some folks in the city. That's, this is a phenomenal opportunity for me and something that I'm, I'm very thankful to have. So thank you very much for having me on. We got to have part two, Jeff. You Sounds are. good. Okay. You are a good human. <laughs> Deal. I love it. This is, this is a good podcast. I like today. A lot so. of fun.